thank you so much for being the first person to volunteer and being so enthusiastic about this. Of course, it's my <laughs> pleasure. You're one of my best friends ever and we've known each other literally since birth. So like well, I'm seriously all game. <laughs> yeah, well, that's also the funny part is we've known each other for our entire lives. And yet something I don't think we've really ever talked about in earnest is the fact that we're both openly adopted. True. It is yeah. very true. And yeah. from the same agency, which is also equally as trippy. So, you know, I, I mean, I think I heard your mom talk about that, but I totally forgot about that, which the agency closed like a year or two after we were adopted. Whoa. Oh, that's a great <laughs> tie into that question of like, do you think it was one of her questions, I don't have them up currently, but I okay. think it was along the lines of like, was it like, do you still feel like strongly about being adopted? Yeah. And I'm like, if it closed like two years after, I'm very strongly like, yes, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And with that, I think this is a good way to start this. So let's get a little bit of a picture of who you were for, also for other people. But I think also I was realizing I don't know the answer to some of these questions. Mm. So, yeah, where were you adopted from and where did you grow up? Great question. Um, I actually messaged my mom earlier yeah. today because I didn't really know like where I was adopted from or anything about that. So um, basically, really? I was adopted from the Open Adoption Agency, which apparently is now closed. Um, <laughs> I was adopted in 95, basically two days, I think exactly two days after I was born. So wow. I was adopted like straight out of the womb, thrown right into a car and off I went. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's crazy. And so then you were brought to Portland and you were adopted by your mom and dad. Exactly. Yeah. And I was also born at a St. Vincent's hospital. I'm not really sure if it's in Portland or not. I just, my mom only gave me that information. So I'm like, okay, cool. St. Vincent's. I'm not sure if it was in Portland or Gresham or wherever, but um, I grew up hundred percent in Portland and I'm pretty sure they just brought me straight from either the hospital or wherever it was to directly to the house. And that's where I stayed. Yeah. I think St. Vincent's on like mm. US 26 on your way to Hillsborough. That's probably the one then. Yep. <laughs> and so then how open was your adoption since you were adopted at two days old and really all you ever knew was your parents? Very true. Yeah. So it, I would say it was really open and more so in the sense of like there was open for communication because my birth family, though I do know them by like mm -hmm. proxy and I hung out with them a little bit in childhood, like I know that they were around for birthday celebrations and um, just kind of like celebrations. I remember during like Rose Parade or Rose oh, Festival, yeah. like they would take me to like the carnival and stuff. Like we would have like fun like parent days, but it was more of like a friend day because growing up, I really felt like pretty connected to my birth mom because we were very similar in personality types and we got along pretty fine. But at the same time, it was like, she wasn't my mom. She was like my friend because though she did give birth to me, she like was not present at all during like day to day stuff. And I only saw her maybe like once a year. And even then it was like maybe for two or three hours at most, like it was not for like a very extended amount of time. So I feel like I did get to know her, but not like very well like more as like a friend basis rather than like you're my mom like and this is all the stuff I know about you and all these things like I still don't even think I know exactly when she was born so I don't really know a lot wow. of like identifying information but yeah. I know like her personality and growing up with her and um, my birth father Jeff I didn't really get to know him at all he was always working and was really like kind of aloof I'm not really sure the word for it but he was kind of cold and never really like was very kid friendly, I guess. And yeah. so I really mainly just hung out with like my birth mom during the day. So, I mean, I don't have like a great memory of all that happened, but I know that we saw each other yearly for a while. And then like when I turned 16 or 17, it kind of like trickled down to pretty much nothing, but it was a very open adoption where like they would communicate with me on Facebook and my parents would communicate with them and vice versa. And there was all sorts of like chit chatting about me and growing up and all that stuff. Oh, that's so interesting. I have so many questions about that. Um, and I definitely want to come back to them. Of course. But so you did know both of your bio parents, but you had more of a relationship with your bio mom, who for you was much more of a friend. When did you learn who your bio parents were? 
great question. I don't actually remember when, but it was very early. I know that like from a very early age, my parents always made sure to let me know that like I was adopted from a family and that the circumstances were right and that it was meant to happen and all the, you know, real childlike explanations of like how you should be adopted and all these things of like Mm -hmm. explaining the situation and, oh, they just might not have been ready for a kid and all that yada yada. But I mean, I feel like ever since I was born, I've known that like I was adopted and it's totally okay to be adopted. And so I think that was a great bolstering of um, like my childhood and growing up was just like, I'm adopted, but that's it. Like there's, there's not much more to that other than like knowing the fact, knowing the people that gave birth to me and then being able to move on and still celebrate life in whatever ways I want to, rather than being like forced into like a potentially not great living situation if they hadn't adopted me out. Like, I feel like there were really good reasons for the whole circumstance. So I think they made the right choice. Yeah. And I also remember like when we were kids, I think one of possibly the only conversations we ever had about this, uh, I don't, I think we were riding bikes or something and you just Mm -hmm. definitely were like, yeah, I'm adopted. And I think this was at a point where I still didn't know who my biological parents were, but you definitely did. Mm -hmm. And it was just so matter of fact to you. And you were just like, yeah, I see them. She's my friend. So it's so interesting that you maintained this just matter of factness about your adoption. It sounds like your parents did a very good job of framing the story for you as well. I think so. Looking back on it now, I feel like there was no better way to explain the situation. I don't think it would have been good for them to hold anything back. I don't think it would have been beneficial if it had been any different. Like I think 100% the way that they brought me up knowing about my adoptive nature Mm -hmm. and family and that I have like two families basically and that it's normal to have two families and it's totally cool like how they explained it to me as a kid and then just kept bolstering that knowledge later on in life to just make it like realized and less like up in the air like who are these people maybe like I don't really know like it's it was really good that I got to know them even if like they definitely were struggling in life and I was glad to be adopted out of that circumstance (laughs) but at the same time like by proxy getting to know them as like my birth parents like that's really cool and genetically speaking I was very intrigued like how I was so similar to my birth mom and I wish I could have gotten to know my birth dad a bit more to be like am I similar to him as well like I must be because there's genetics involved so it's very cool and I'm definitely proud that like my parents took such great caution about explaining it the right way and making sure that it wasn't weird or anything so yeah did you have a lot of questions about that as you were growing up at all I really don't remember too much. I feel okay. like I, I must have had questions because I was a very inquisitive, like, all the time yeah. kid. But I feel like it was more just like wanting to know who they were. And then as soon as I knew who they were, it was like, okay, that's it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, all right. <laughs> and like all good. Kid, you're just like, all good. I've seen them. Like, that's fine with me. And same with my sister. Like when I first yeah. met City for the first time. She is my biological half sister. Uh-huh. We are both born by the same mom, but have different dads. When I first met her as like a teenager, I was so excited. But then as soon as like we hung out for the first time, I'm like, yep, she's just like my sibling. Like that's it. Like now I'm already like, okay, I'm done. Like let's have some time alone. Like <laughs> let's process this, but like I don't really need to come back to it. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where we it's just a connection. Like I mm-hmm. feel like I just have that kind of genetic connection because we have very similar personalities too. Like me and my okay. half sister. Like, oh my goodness. Like there's definite like connections there. So I feel like we've got a like a family bond, but it's a weird like adoptive like birth family but it's very strange yeah. but it's cool so I'm totally 100% with it <laughs> that's awesome yeah did you do you have any other siblings aside from your half sister I do actually so yeah. my adoptive dad Gordon he has a half son oh. uh, Troy so Troy is I think 45 or so and my dad had him with his first partner um, or second partner, I'm not sure. Um, and he was like 18 or 19. And she practically she raised him and did all the parental stuff. And he was very separated from that whole thing. So I've known about Troy ever since I was a kid as well. But it was very different to process because he wasn't close by. So I could never meet him and like actually get to see him face to face and then just say like, Oh, you're my sibling now. Hello, like, I'm already done with you. <laughs> yeah. So what did that end up looking like then? that process? 
it was interesting. I feel like I only met him for the first in person recently, like within the last like five ish years. And it was oh, very wow. brief, but it was great, like getting to know him and seeing how similar he is to my dad. Like it was kind of crazy. I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, what <laughs> is this? It's just two of the same people in the room together. I don't understand it. And so it was really cool. Like I feel like I took it the same way. It was just, I was older. So it mm-hmm. was just kind of a flashback or a nostalgia like throwback trip where I was like oh wow this has happened before hello friend you are also family like welcome yeah yeah that makes so much sense to me that brings up one of the larger questions but before we get there um in one or two sentences can you say how you felt about your adoption growing up and how you feel about it now yeah so I guess in like one or two sentences I would say I feel extremely thankful because I was adopted into a family that really knows their business and knew what to do to raise me right. And I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm very blessed to be in that position. Well, as if I wasn't adopted, I don't know, like there could have been very different circumstances. So I feel strong that this was the best decision for all parties. And that's how I'll always feel 100%. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you've had that experience. And I think too, do you think there would have been a different experience had you not gotten to meet your biological family? I feel like there probably would have been. I feel like ultimately I did not know who they were until I got to meet them. And so I would have probably had some really toxic viewpoints of what my biological family was and what they were doing. And just from child experiences and being able to like kind of feed off of that weird energy, I feel like I would have just not knowing would have driven me so crazy that I would like have turned it into some weird story that they were like witches or something. Like I would have just been like, they were all terrible people, but like actually getting to know them, like they're just normal people. They just couldn't raise me as their child. And so that totally makes sense. And if I didn't know them or didn't get to know like where their story was at or where they were living and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. like I would have definitely like totally twisted the circumstances around like I'm losing my words right now but like I would have been like over dramatizing and been like oh this is all you know really bad like they were terrible people like I said but they're not terrible people and they just couldn't raise me so that's pretty much where it's at and I'm totally cool with it now but if I didn't know it would have been crazy so (laughs) yeah no that makes a lot of sense like I think this will play into a couple of the other questions but I think we tell ourselves a lot of stories about who we are and what has happened to us um, as we grow up and having no context leaves so much space to make up these stories in either a very positive or very negative light instead of having this reality um, that's right in front of us in some ways. Um, And kind of with that and going back to not having had a chance to meet your adoptive brother until very recently and these stories that we have, did you ever feel a sense of like, where do I belong or just questioned what your connections were to family when you were growing up at all? Yeah, of course. I feel like that's, that's been the hardest question for me because growing up, I definitely was a little unhappy, not like unhappy about being adopted, but I like knowing being adopted, I was like, oh, what went wrong? Like, why did they adopt me out? Like, of course, there's all these like things going through your mind of like, why did this happen? Like, why didn't they quote unquote, love me enough to like keep me in their family and all these other weird circumstances that you twist into your feelings. And I feel like with that, I, I do feel like I've always been a part of the family because they chose me to be in their family. And that is like the most important thing I think is like, choosing the the willingness to have a baby or to adopt a child or whatever the circumstances I always felt like unless I belong in this family that's wait like, so hold on sorry you're breaking up hold on oh yeah I think we're okay but you just like broke up there for a second so I wanted to sorry but you're saying yes. being a part of the family and they chose you yes and then with the genetic side I feel I always felt a little bit like different in the sense that I wasn't genetically related to them so I feel mm-hmm. like that's where the rift was is that I was adopted into a family and knew that they loved me and cared for me. But at the same time, it's like, well, I'm not their biological child. So that Mm. always really pulled my heartstrings a little bit and made it really hard to like kind of process where I was in the family. And it took until like probably late teen years to realize like, okay, this is like how it's supposed to be. And this is what's supposed to happen. And just realizing the circumstances and not being like, 
oh, I'm sad because they didn't love me enough to want me in their family. It's like the circumstances were very different. So yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's such a journey. Um, And I am a little bit curious because I think a lot of adoptees do struggle with this and this question. And even when you do know your biological family, kind of where you fit in your adoptive family. Um, And so I'm a little curious to know about how that uncertainty and sounds also like sadness manifested for you. Yeah, I'm trying to think back on when it really was quote unquote upsetting to me like when it was like oh this is like so upsetting it was probably when I was like 12 or 13 like I was probably really young and just like feeling all the like hormonal emotions of like why don't my parents love me enough because they were we were fighting a lot like me and my like current loving family we (laughs) always like went through our like biffs of just not being happy in a sense and that's totally normal but I felt like I attributed that to me being adopted and being like oh I'm just not in the right family or whatever and that just that's not right families fight and if you're kind of being a bratty kid and being a little teen and being all like belligerent or whatever like it makes sense like to be frustrated and to have whatever feelings they're having but that it's like natural for your parents to be like yo chill out like (laughs) this is not the way that it's supposed to be (laughs) Yeah, no, that's uh, such a, it's so funny to think about that. And like, there is this whole other story that I think growing up as a teen, you're trying to figure out your identity. And all of a sudden, you're like, it's because I'm adopted. (laughs) It's It's all because of it. It's kind of like excruciatingly painful in some ways. True. But also, I think as you grew up, you, as you also said, you kind of start to realize that, oh, no, this is my family. And they do love me. And there is another way to look at it. But coming to that can be a very painful and difficult process because there's so many layers to start to unravel. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Very much so. And I feel like when you're a teenager, too, that's like the peak of when all the angst is built up. And so it was just like, I just wanted to blame anything on not me and on like whatever else it could have been. And it was like, it's because I'm adopted. Like That was just it. And it's like... That was not it at all. So it's just funny how like kid brains work and how teen brains work and like they like manifest things in such weird like twisted ways. And it's like when you grow out of it, then you're like, okay, like you were kind of crazy back then, but I'm glad you reeled it back. So that's where I'm at now. I'm like, I've reeled it back in. I know what's good. And I'm just happy about the whole outcome. A hundred percent. Like there's no other way it could have gone yeah and that's awesome your parents yeah are so supportive and I know you've gone through your stuff with them and they've gone through their stuff but they've always like just come out the upper end which I've always been so impressed by very true they've been very supportive and very caring and there's never been a time where I felt like unloved there's definitely been times where we bickered and fought but it's never been like bad it's always been very much so like we want to get you set on the right track and we want what's best for you and that's always been like the most important part. Yeah, that's so awesome. And kind of speaking to that child teen brain and processing thing, when you were growing up, were there any cultural references or anything that was happening, I guess, in your life that other people may have said to you that either helped or hindered with your experiences of understanding yourself as adopted? Mm. For example, when Ellis and I were creating these questions, she definitely was, you know, kids would joke to other kids or who had siblings and they would say, oh, you're adopted. And she found that to be painful. Um, So either if you had that experience as well, or if there was something else that you saw or heard, whether it was TV or whatever, if those influenced you. For sure. Yeah. And I feel like that example was really good because I was racking my brain to find an example similar to that. And that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't recall anything very damaging from my past that I can recollect now that really scarred my perception of adoption and where I stand in my family. But I know that in my friend group, it was definitely like I told people very openly that I was adopted. Mm -hmm. And if there were any jokes, like I really didn't take offense to many of them, especially if I knew the people and if it was coming from the right place. Like sometimes I think it is good to be able to joke casually about things that may to other families seem like, 
oh no, that's unacceptable. But I think like it, it's good to normalize adoption and to make like casual jokes here and there. But I think if it's hurtful, then that's where it's like really damaging. But I feel yeah. like a lot of the people I surrounded myself with were very caring and compassionate and all the good positive words basically. And, you know, with personality traits, of course, it's like you, you do clash sometimes, but I yeah. feel like there wasn't ever a time that I felt that there was any like pop culture references or any like friends or like not friends like people that were against me that were trying to like damn me for being adopted I feel like in passing maybe but I did not let that bother me like I really tried hard to like get a thick skin in that perception because Mm -hmm. my parents always taught me like it's really just normal to be adopted and who gives a shize? Like it really <laughs> should not matter. Like it's normal. So it never really bugged me too much. And I know it did hurt me, I guess. If I, if I could go back in time, I probably would be feeling like sadness if I heard someone say somebody like, oh, something nasty about like being adopted. But like, yeah, at the same time, like if they're not adopted, they just don't know and have no clue. So there's right. also that sense about it too. But I feel like overall, like there's no memories in my childhood that really stand out as being like, super positive or negative it was all very casual like we try to keep it very casual and that's awesome I think that's having such good and clear communication with your family about what it means to be adopted and just guiding you through the perspective of that is so important and I think we also grew up in a very interesting time for being openly adopted because it was the what mid-90s and it was just becoming this much more open thing, but there were also still these lingering preconceptions of what it meant to be adopted from like the seventies and eighties where people were like, Oh, single mothers, you're, you know, illegitimate. (laughs) Even so, like even with breastfeeding, I feel like people were shunned for bottle feeding their babies. Like there's such a weird stigma against like otherness touching a baby it's like what like you can be a mom and bottle feed your kid you could be an adoptive mom and use your boob to feed your baby if you can like whatever like whatever works it's it's weird to see those like those lingering nuances now and I feel like they're really getting reversed which is good but at the same time I feel like there's probably still some like hatred toward or like confusion towards like adoptive like communities and families and people that are going through the process. Like, I feel like there probably is somewhere, but it's just a lot less mm-hmm. than it was. Yeah. Because in creating this website, I've definitely gone down a few rabbit holes and it's so interesting to see the perspectives and how people have written about the history and also just adoptees now really fighting for their voices to be heard, um, which is a very different thing, I think, because many adoption organizations try to you know curate this narrative so oh so many things about that but it's just so interesting to see um yeah but then I guess to you now what do each of your families mean to you because I know like you're very close with your adoptive family and you're not very close with your biological family but they're still a big part of who you are For sure. I can give kind of a bit of a timeline because I feel like it's shifted over the years. So as a kid, I felt very strongly attached to both families. I felt like there was a big connection between kind of knowing my birth family equally with my adoptive family because I really did want to get to know them and be connected with them, even if it was only like once or twice a year and for little periods of time. Like it just made me very happy and feel fulfilled. So Mm -hmm. Um, I would say then it was like very impactful and I, I was about equal 50, 50. I was like, I really like both of these groups of people. They're awesome. And they're, they're cool. And then I feel like in my teen years, when my uh, birth mom started like not really chatting with me as much and she didn't really like message me, she stopped messaging me on my birthday. And so that was kind of like, right when it started to be like, okay, like that's kind of weird. Like she stopped like texting me Aww. and sending me messages and stuff. And so I was like, okay, like maybe I just need to reach out more. And I did a little bit, but at the same time, I felt kind of awkward in that respect. Cause I know that like, as a teenager, I was like, okay, I don't want to bug her and I don't want to be a bother. And she was going through her own stuff as well. And she was busy and preoccupied. And so in my teen years, I was definitely more focused on my adoptive parents and really was like very strongly like attached to them and really Mm -hmm. wanted to like get to know them more and slowly kind of stopped talking to my birth family just because I started learning things about them that weren't as great and shed a Mm. new light on the situation because I was a teenager so it was like okay 
this is the time to talk about teenage things. And so I'm like, yeah. okay, that's great. And then as an adult, I would say it, it's pretty much fallen into like the void. Like yeah. I haven't reached out in years. It's probably been about four or so years since I've reached out to my birth mother, Andrea. And, um, I still talk to my sister city, um, mm-hmm. occasionally like on social media, but it's very sparse. And yeah. I kind of like to keep it that way. Cause they're very intense people, just like I'm an intense individual. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, get three of us in one room and it's just gnarly and you can't have that. And so basically I try to keep my, my distance respectfully. And it's just been kind of weird, you know, ever since learning things that kind of changed my perception on them as people, not to say they're bad people at all. It was just, it changed my viewpoint and made me less, less willing to like hang out with them casually and get to know them because I'm like, oh, okay. Like if they're not really willing to reach out and message me, and even if I message them, like they're just kind of in their own world. So I kind of fell out, you know? Yeah. And so now it's like hundred percent on my adoptive family. I'm very focused on them and really I'm just like, if my birth family gets in touch with me. Sure. I mean, it would most likely be my birth mom, my birth dad never messaged me. So yeah. I haven't talked to him in like 10 plus years. So it's been wild. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is, that's a really long time. Yeah. Um, and I have two questions from mm-hmm. that. And the first is, I think you kind of answered it, but I am curious, like, do you ever feel the need or desire to reach out and communicate to your biological mom um, and not necessarily for connection because it sounds like for connection you're really set with your adoptive family on that one but are there ever questions that pop up that you are like oh I wish I could reach out to you right now but this probably is this the ball is in your court right now Oh, hundred percent. Oh, as soon as you said, if you want to keep in contact, I'm like, oh yes, I do. I really am curious. Like as an yeah. individual, I feel very, I don't even know, very like, I just want to know more. Like even <laughs> as like, like just casual conversation goes, like I would just like to chat with her because yeah. now that it seems like she's in a different place, I think she's in like Vegas now. I'm not sure. Cause that's the other thing is she never really told me what her life was really like. Like she mm. kept it very under wraps. So I think there was some some nasty stuff going on that she really didn't want to tell me about because yeah. she would think it would scar me, which it probably would have. So I'm glad yeah. that she didn't tell me, but the ball is kind of in both of our courts because yeah. the last time she messaged me, it was on my birthday and it was a message that basically read, I have something to tell you dot, 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 but not on your special day. So I just, I haven't read, I haven't replied. It's been like three or four years. And I was wow. like, you know what? don't message me something like that on my birthday. Like you, that's just weird to me. And so I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to leave it for a bit. And I just haven't picked it back up again. And it could have been something as simple as I moved to Vegas, but it yeah. also could have been like, I, I got this crazy thing to tell you. So I've been just very scared to message her back. Yeah. Not like scared, but I've been like, this phone next to me, I'm like, uh-oh, like, what could that message mean? Like, da, 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 yeah, <laughs> I think this also brings up another huge piece um, of open adoption that is very different from closed adoption, which is navigating these boundaries. Like, what is okay to you and what is not? And that is such a potent example, I think, of this very important person who exists in your life, who is tied to you in some ways and also very much not. But then, you know, will out of the blue message you and say something like, I have something. Um yeah, and I think identified strongly with you kind of saying, this is not the time. Like, you do not message me something like this on my birthday. And I forgot to mention that part of it. She messaged me that after not speaking to me for two and a half years. So that was the first message I got after like years. And it was also on my birthday. So I opened it and was like, so wait, I get a message from Andrea. And then I look at it and it's like, what does this cryptic message mean? And I'm like, I'm oh going to take that. Like, no, yeah, yeah. no, like, what is this? It's just so funny. Oh my like, God. So that's definitely the truth. Like when it comes yeah. to boundaries and navigating like where the relationship is, like, I feel like we're both very novice and that's where I've like yeah. left it alone is that we're yeah. both just like in our own worlds and doing our own thing. And it's just like, if I want to get to know her and talk to her, I'll send her a message again. But at the same time, I'm like, she's a very chaotic person. And so (laughs) talking to her is like talking to a tornado. Like, it's great. But it just everything is swirling around so fast that she just is like a complete kerfuffle sometimes. And I'm like, okay, like, it's just a lot. And I know that like, if I do want to hang out with her, that's what it's gonna be. But yeah, (laughs) 
you know, I think sometimes you really just, it, it, the acceptance of it, right? Of like, all right, if I want this, this is what it's going to look like. <laughs> Pretty much. And it sounds like you've kind of found, I mean, it sounds like you would like more out of it, but it also sounds like you've kind of found this balancing edge where it's kind of like, I don't really need to reach out to you right now. If you reach out to me, that might be okay. But also the last message. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I would say like how I would phrase the last bit of this is if, yeah. if she ever passed away suddenly mm. I would feel very sad that I didn't message her more so that's yeah. why I'm like I need to like bolster the courage because yeah. I know that at any point I could get like some wackadoo message from someone saying that she's died and so that's like the other thing is like I would rather like seal up all of the mysteries before yeah. she ends up wherever she ends up because that would be once again like going back to like the knowing or not knowing your your birth parents or your birth family like I would just be so like sh shaken to not know things that I can't get answers to I'd be like oh my goodness like I would get a Ouija board out and be like <laughs> communicate with me Andrea like yeah. I really would just want to chat with her more it's just the circumstances have never really been right and yeah. it's so hard to communicate with her so it's like Ugh. yeah what do you <laughs> think would make the circumstances right to reach out and try again almost with this I don't know. I feel like just me thinking about it more and just yeah. like getting the message out there. I probably should just draft a message and just send it. I think that's the thing is like the not thinking about it because back in the like time that we were growing up back in the nineties and early two thousands, like mm -hmm. there wasn't really texting. So you just, you picked up a phone and you called someone <laughs> up on your, your phone with buttons and that was it. And so for me now, I feel like I overanalyze everything that I do on mm. my device because I yeah. have the opportunity to erase and to re restart my messages. And so right. I feel like I just need to like put my foot down and be like, I'm going to draft this terrible message and just send it because she obviously sent me that weird <laughs> message without even thinking like what? Yeah. Do you think that there's also the standard of being this child who's not connected to the birth mom and wanting it to kind of have this perfect message and elicit the response you want? Even though she was like, I have something to tell you. There's this piece of like, I need to get this right so we can like get this off on the right foot again. For sure. Yeah. And I feel like it's just we're both such goofy personalities. I yeah. really think that we just can't seem to get it like quote unquote <laughs> right the right way like the Brady Bunch way or whatever the heck you want to call it like we're yeah. not like a generic family dynamic like even right. though we are related by like birth it it's so funny like she just is such a weird communicator and I feel like it's it's really one of those things that I would love to get to see her in person again but every time I've been on the phone with her, I would just remember it just being really hard to even yeah. like get a word in and to mm -hmm. be able to like speak my piece. And so that was always really hard. And I feel like yeah. she's never going to grow, not to say she's never going to grow out of that, but she was already in her late thirties and now she's in yeah. her forties, almost fifties, I think, yeah. or is in her fifties. I'm like, I don't know. She's probably just going to be like that. And that's fine too. But I definitely think it's just going to be like a crazy mash of text yeah. messages if that's what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's also, yeah, it is hard when you, there's somebody that you also want to be able to say things to and know that they may not be able to hear you and your truth on it as well. Yeah. So that's your adult perspective on it. But also going back to the kind of childhood a little bit and just, um, how you identify as both of these families one curiosity that I had was how did your adoptive parents kind of navigate your relationship with your bio family because it sounds like and please correct me if I'm wrong but it almost sounds like you had a lot of say and whether you wanted your biological parents around or not until you were a teenager when it was more up to your bio mom yeah. Um, but yeah how did so. they navigate that I think that they navigated it pretty well. I'm trying to remember to my best of my abilities yeah. like what it was like, but I think I do remember it being kind of awkward. I, mm -hmm. I do recall my parents taking the most initiative because they, I, I wanted to see them, but they also really thought it was important for me to get to know them too. So it was 50, yeah. 50. I wouldn't say it was like mostly me that was wanting to initiate contact because they were the ones that called and talked to her on the phone like for right. hours and listened oh, wow. to her. And, and so basically <laughs> they would set up all these meetings to be able to see me and stuff and hang out. And it was very awkward. Like it definitely yeah. like ruffled some feathers. My mom got upset a few times no. and she was just like, 
Andrea is just too much. Like, this is just a lot to deal with. Like I said earlier, like she had a lot going on back when I was a kid. So it was probably just due to like her circumstances, but it was definitely kind of, I don't know the word tumultuous or whatever, where Mm -hmm. it was just like, it it was weird because we had a good time overall, but there was tension. Like there was Mm -hmm. total tension of like, they need to have you back by like 6 p.m. or whatever. And you need to have her seat buckled and like, don't smoke in the car. Like there was rules and weird stuff. So it was like babysitting almost, but like she was my birth mom. It was very like, I don't know how to put it. Like, I'm I'm happy that we were able to share those experiences, but they were weird. Like that was definitely (laughs) 90s and 2000s territory weird. Like what is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what you're just saying that also is bringing up a lot of memories for me about like, just the tensions that would be between like it's so funny because I guess they didn't really want to make it weird for me but as a child you're just a sponge and you're like I see all of the awkward here and it is uncomfortable but I'm here (laughs) 100% 100% and that's I think what I I remember most about the circumstance was like not the fact that I remember it like with the memory attached it's just the Mm -hmm. feeling of like it was fun but like kind of uncomfortably so and kind of like I knew something wasn't quite right but I knew that it was supposed to be right like it wasn't like there was anything bad happening but there was like such weird tension because they're very different personality types like yeah my birth folks were like on the tip of the peak of casual and my current adoptive parents are like right in the middle where they're like a little strict but like (laughs) don't go running into the street honey and don't open any doors or like like don't take the candy from the strange van like they're very much like protective I guess is the better word it's like wanting me to be safe but yeah I feel like that elite like like kind of took away the fun from it sometimes because it was like I'm supposed to just be having fun but you're making it weird by saying like here's all these phone numbers to memorize and don't get kidnapped and like here's the address to the house like it was just very doomsday sometimes like it just felt very (laughs) weird (laughs) I can imagine yeah I think yeah there's also always that underlying fear with adoptive parents of like oh my god are they gonna take you back away from us now literally my mom had definitely (laughs) mentioned that a few times I'm just being like are they just gonna like drive away like what is it like they wouldn't of course but like at the same time like just that weirdness of like I'm entrusting my kid that was your birth kid back to you. it's just a weird dynamic and I think the whole thing is just like should be really up to the kid and I was just a very lackadaisical child that always yeah. liked to nap and just hang out so it wasn't like I was super gung-ho being like I must see them now but yeah. at the same time like I think it is very important to get to know your your birth family and if you're then like not into it after meeting them then that's that and it should just be left at that yeah <laughs> I fully <laughs> agree with that Um, But yeah, I think that's, yeah, it's so interesting to hear about how your family navigated that and also the concerns. I think there's some concerns that adoptive parents have that are just so universal. Um, 100%. But I think, yeah, the approaches of families can be very different. Oh, yeah. Um, And on that note, what was the story that you were told about your adoption? Oh, goodness. I honestly don't recall the exact story, but I know it was basically like a retelling of circumstances of them sitting me down and saying, okay, she was really young when she had you. And I was basically like a miracle baby because she wasn't supposed to get pregnant again. Like she was basically told like, there is like 0% chance you could ever get pregnant again. And so she's like, okay, that's that. And then she got pregnant and she's like what the f- what like, <laughs> how did that happen and so my parents always explained to me like she wasn't supposed to get pregnant but she got pregnant and then she was like okay now I gotta figure out what to do with this kid because my older sister City she mm-hmm. is probably like at least 10 years older than me she's like in her 30s and um I think she grew up with our biological aunt or okay. grandmother it was a, a maternal figure Um, of some kind who passed away recently so I'm assuming it was either her like great aunt or her grandmother or one of our grandmothers I guess but basically it was the same circumstance again where she's like I can't raise this kid like I need to adopt this kid out and so my parents explained about my sister and then explained about me like it's it happened to my sister and she got adopted out to that family and then I got adopted out to this family and so that's that and that was pretty much the story and then like there was embellishments that were put in later that basically just like explained more of the situation but that's neither here nor there it's just the same thing like she accidentally got pregnant and 
she was like, oh man, I need this baby to get taken care of and I can't do that. So let's find a place. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Okay. So it was a fairly cut and dry, but also very, how was it to also know that you had a biological sibling who had a very similar experience to you? It was weird, especially since, like I mentioned earlier, I didn't get to know her until I was in my teens. Like I really Mm. didn't reach out to her for a while. And I don't think she wanted to reach out to me. I think it was kind of weird. I'm not really sure on the details of it, but I know from my childhood, like, I think I knew of her existence, but I didn't ever meet her until I think I was 13 or 14. Mm. And, um, it was, it was good to know though, because I always liked knowing that she was there and that she was alive and that it wasn't like, Oh, there was like, like, like she wasn't cared for properly and it was a bad situation. So it was very good to know that like, she also was adopted out successfully. And, um, even though she probably had like some rough situations, because I think she was more in contact with our birth mother and yeah. definitely fought with her more. And so she's like, I'm done with you. And now she doesn't talk to her. So basically at this point, I think it was, it was good to know that I had like a sibling in a, cir- a similar circumstance that yeah. also made it out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine even if you weren't very close to her, it was like, okay, I'm not alone in this. Yeah, and, and yeah. I was rooting for her too. Yeah. Cause she was also, I think struggling too a little bit. And so I was just like, Oh, I feel for you. Like, I know that we're kind of in the same boat, not because of like the adoption, but like she was also just kind of struggling. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh man, you know, I feel connected to you. And yeah. it was really good to know that she was always there. I have a follow-up question to the story that you were told, and that is Mm -hmm. just, did you hear different stories from different people about your adoption? Probably. I think I probably did. I just don't recall which one, like, I know that I think Andrea probably, my birth mother, she probably told me some version of the story, but like very chaotically and very (laughs) fast. And she probably added a lot of elaborate details and stuff, but like, they also kept it pretty like, like at that like there wasn't a lot of like added energy Hmm. to it it was very simple of like that's how it was but then there was just like her probably explaining a bit more whatever and then talking about this and that like I feel like it was mainly one story but like with little changes as I grew up because I feel like that's just how my parents decided to do it yeah (laughs) like a little addition like okay you're old enough now for this part (laughs) exactly exactly That's awesome. It's good to have parents who know (laughs) their audience. So I guess with that, I think we touched on this a little bit. um, But is there a story that you have about your own adoption that you told yourself as you grew up? And I think we touched on this a little bit of like, you were very thankful that you had a family that was so upfront with you about it and also portrayed it to you in a very good way. But was, yeah, but was there a story that you did tell yourself about your adoption, I guess, that that was influenced by other things? I feel like kind of, I mean, I I also feel very strongly that it was just like, I'm a very cut and dry personality. Like once I'm on that track, like I don't really stray from it. (laughs) So I'm just like, all right, here we are. But I feel like at the same time, there were points definitely where I felt like, you know, oh, they got rid of me because Mm. I was a brat or whatever. But uh, spoiler alert, I was adopted at two days old. I couldn't have been a brat. Like I was literally a baby infant. So it's like, you tell yourself things, but then at the same time, like, since my parents told me like very early on that I was adopted, like as a literal infant, Mm -hmm. that it, it really identified the story as not like, oh, they got rid of me because I was this, that, or whatever. Like it was mainly just like, I would have points where I would just be like, oh, they don't want me because I'm a brat or whatever. And that that's just normal. That's just normal teen behavior. I feel like for probably many adoptive people, like they're probably just like, oh, I had those moments. And I, I felt, I felt that way. But at the same time, like it didn't change my perception of like the adoption at all. I feel like that was very cut and dry and there wasn't really any other explanation that I could give. (laughs) Yeah. Once you kind of ran out of the stories, you told yourself, you're like, okay, yep, this is just, yep. What they told me it was cool. Pretty much. (laughs) I know. And that's the thing is like, it doesn't have to be like this elaborate, like crazy story. Cause I feel like I probably would have just thought it was like something crazy. Like I was like a a baby in a basket rolling down the river or something. They picked me up like some crazy thing where I came from space. Like, I don't even know, but it's not that. And I feel like I, that like got nipped in the butt so fast. Like if it did happen, they'd be like, you're not an alien. Like you were born out of a womb. (laughs) 
who have like the exact same personality. So don't even try. Don't even try me. <laughs> exactly. No, that's exactly it. <laughs> that's yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and so then with that, what does just family mean to you? Because you've had two families. I feel like I've gotten a very broad understanding of like what family is now. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that could also just be because I've had a lot of like varying friend groups, but I include a lot of my friends in like my family category because like we've been acquainted for so long. Like I really just like attribute it to who is in my close circle, who I am like cared for and vice versa. Like who, like where's the reciprocation of love and affection basically. And so I'm like, that's family. Like to me, yeah. like wherever the love is and wherever like, the family vibe is like with my parents and stuff it's really like all about like close connection and building that close connection over time because I think that's what's really important yeah that that's such a good way to look at it and I think too it's kind of fun when you do have the perspective that you have on your adoption of kind of being like yeah anyone can be family and it's just all about the connections you make um yeah that's and your family can just grow and grow and grow and grow (laughs) exactly and that's the best part it's like and you can choose to like have like family members and not have family members like that's the other thing is you can pick and choose and really like if someone's not nice to you like you can choose to be like you're not my family like you were not nice to me and you didn't respect me or my boundaries like then I would be able to say like confidently this person is not part of my family because they do not care so that's yeah. where I also draw the line in the sand too with that is like family versus like not family and just like acquaintances is like you get to be put in the acquaintance box if you're really rude and like just not a good person like that's I don't want to be associated with that yeah and I think those boundaries can be very hard to navigate but it sounds like you've had a lot of good practice with that from sure. just, yeah, with both of your families oh my gosh you know my parents so you know like <laughs> even now like this is such a random anecdote but just the other day my dad called me three times and then texted me and was like I need to speak to you and I'm like what did I miss and then he answered the phone he's like did you sign the TD Ameritrade thing? And I'm like, dad, like, this is just not. So it's like those boundaries of like, I thought there was an emergency. Like I thought you would like yeah. hurt yourself or something. And then you just wanted to know about like my taxes. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, let's go over what it means to be urgent. I know. And I feel like that's the other thing that like, I really love about like my family dynamic is that like we're we're family for sure and he's my dad but he's also like my friend too because yeah. he's such a goofy personality and like we're both not similar at all but at the yeah. same time kind of similar so it's been really cool to like be able to grow up with him and have him as my dad and like mm-hmm. have him be just this goofy character and also be serious sometimes but like yeah. those calls always crack me up where I'm like what the heck like it wasn't <laughs> urgent like <laughs> You didn't need to know any of this stuff like right away. Yeah. It's just like the timing is just so funny. So there's always going to be like weird stuff in families. Like no matter what, like you're stuck yeah. with it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Unless they're rude to you and then they're no longer family. <laughs> exactly. And then they can go. Like if he called me 20 times and then was like, I'm dying. And then called me again. And then I picked up and he was like, actually, it's you- just taxes. I'd yeah. be like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, um, No. <laughs> You're like, you're getting put on the block list, okay? With same along with the people that call saying that my car's extended warranty has expired. I'm like, y'all are done. Yeah, (laughs) bye-bye. So because you have such a flexible definition of family, how have you been able to manifest your own sense of community and family or just even relationships in your life? Um, as in like building friendships and like creating like friend circles and like navigating that because you have such a flexible definition of family just how have you been able to manifest that in your life just kind of as an adult like how do you mm-hmm. manifest the sense of family now whether it's with people you're not familiar with or with your I it's an open question but just yeah how do you manifest that For sure. I feel like, okay, so since being adopted, I feel like all of like my spheres have revolved around like fellow people that have been adopted or like how my parents met other people in like the agency or whatever. And that's how I met you. And it's like just building connections in that way, I feel like has been kind of hard. Like as a kid, I definitely struggled with like 
building friendships and making connections. But nowadays I feel it's a little bit easier, especially since I know myself better now and can really like understand like where I want my friendships and family ties to be. So I feel much more confident. And especially since like now that I'm mature enough, like, and old enough, my parents tell me a lot of things about like the family situation that I wouldn't have known otherwise like Mm -hmm. as a teenager they don't tell you all the dirty laundry and all the like drama (laughs) and stuff and nowadays they're like we're gonna open up and say like there's some bad stuff going on and it's been very good to know that like as a person I can choose to just be like wow that's like needs to change or be able to say like confidently like this is where the friendship is or this is where the family is like I feel like I have very drawn lines and definitions and nobody's really stepped out of the boundary but like there's definitely been like headbutt situations but we handle it as a family it's just like you get annoyed and then you get over it like right yeah how it is so I feel like I've got a loose like perception like with friends like I'm like you're my family too because like I don't really want to exclude anybody like I really would love everyone to be like a part of my family so I feel like that's always how it's been and I don't think I'll really change that I might like tighten my definitions a little bit but I mean it's that's just how it is (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah and then I guess just brought up another question of you said you also got to know other adopted people when you were growing up I feel I think so I don't know um I'm trying to think of like exact names of people but I definitely know like at Emerson the school I went to I think there was at least one or two other kids that were adopted and we chatted quite frequently I'm just blanking on their names because it was like eons ago but yeah like knowing you and then Ellis too who is adopted I kind of knew her in proxy like through school through Grant I'm trying to think of like when I don't really even know you guys both went there for a minute I think (laughs) I think so I might have a (laughs) diploma from there (laughs) oh my gosh I feel like overall like I've definitely known people that were adopted and through like my very vague memories I've definitely clung to like oh well, that's really cool like I would love to like you know like that's great like high five like the, yeah. that kind of vibe of it just being really cool to know other fellow adopted people and like what their family structures are like and yeah it's very fun <laughs> I can only imagine I I'm partly curious about this because for me I think the only two adopted people I knew growing up were you and Ellis and I think Ellis and I had very different experiences experiences possibly from you in a lot of ways um like I think I know you and I were very close growing up and then like life just happened and I think like our life we also didn't go to school anymore so our lives kind of diverged and so did mine and Ellis's and so it was one of those things of where I kind of lost contact with the two people I knew who were adopted so I think I'm very curious for you like how was it beneficial for you to know adopted people growing up? Mm, Very, I think it was very beneficial. And it was great to know people that were um, from both fellow like adopted families and then also people that um, I was trying to think of like, who else I know that's in like kind of a similar circumstance. Eliza would be the only other person because her her birth dad, Jeremy, broke up with her mom um, and basically like he got sole custody. And with that, like he remarried. And so I think Eliza didn't really start calling Paula her mom until like the last like three or four years. Like they really didn't have that like connection. And then the other thing was, is Eliza's birth mom passed away. So it wasn't like she could really like bolster that connection with her birth mom and get to know her more. So I feel like she's the only other person that like gave me a similar outlook. And then like the only other one is like, people who just like lived in divorced families too Mm, like I'm just trying to think of like all the different circles of like family structures and like gay parents and like straight parents and like adoptive parents like I feel like it was really good to grow up with like such a melting pot of different families because it it showed me that it was all very normal and that people that grew up in those types of households are still just as rad and cool as anybody else and that even if they're not like showcased in media very often that it's still like recognized and that there's more people out there than you would assume to be in those positions so I feel like it was very very good to be growing up in Portland at the time where there was like you and Ellis and me and Eliza and all the other people that I knew that were like in kind of similar circumstances where we all could like come together and talk about our issues and differences so for sure 
That's awesome. I'm so glad that you were able to have that sense of community in just being like, okay, all families are kind of weird. <laughs> we all have these issues, but we can talk about them. That must have been so nice. For sure. Yeah. And it was great because we all lived so close. We all lived yeah. in the same stretch of street. So it's like we, we were constantly in each other's like spheres, which was great. And then, like you said, yeah. like with high school and further beyond, it's like we kind of grew apart because the circles were just really far apart and we were doing our own thing and it was just cray cray. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my final question for you is just if you could go back to your child self, what is one thing you would want to tell yourself then at any point in your childhood? Probably, I would probably say to get to know your birth parents more. I'd be like, yo, young Sophie, like, please put in the effort to get to know them as people and like get to know what they're like. Because even now, like in that previous question I answered, I'm like, I would feel very sad if they passed away and I didn't get to like hear their story. So it's the same thing I would tell my past self, like get those questions answered early on Mm -hmm. because then it's not going to be an issue and you can then just talk about fun stuff and even if there's no fun stuff to talk about then you just got your questions answered and then that's fine so you know I think that's like really what I would say is just like put in the effort and if you're not willing to put in the effort that's fine too just like do what you got to do but at least feel secure in the sense that like this was totally the right decision and there was no real other decision this was definitely like the way to go so that's awesome I think, yeah, you also just have such a positive light on your experience, which I think is such a, I mean, I think just going back to the people I knew growing up and who were, was, I was closer to with adoption, there was a lot more negativity surrounding the experience. And so it's really wonderful to get to hear a very positive experience with adoption and to have it kind of be this, like, the only thing I'm really regretting is to not know my biological parents better, which is a very deep and heavy thing, I think. Um, But I had a question with that, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, Because you, I don't know, you're, you might have to correct me on this. But you did know your biological parents, even if you didn't know the stories very intimately. Did you ever feel like you were kind of growing up parallel to this life you could have lived at all? Good question. So I definitely like I'm not stepping on anyone's toes here. So I'm going to really like try to keep info out of this. Yeah. But but I definitely feel like throughout my childhood, there was definite points where my parents said some not so nice things about my Mm -hmm. birth folks and would stray the conversation to being like, well, aren't you glad that you're in our house now like phrasing it in this way where it's like the house that you could have grown up in would have been like your doomsday and so that having that like as a childhood like experience like there's the one thing that I was like oh should I touch on that because I don't want to upset my parents because I know that they weren't really meaning to hurt me there but at the same time like those phrases are so damning and it's really not good to teach your kid that like the previous household you could have been living in could have like really wrecked your life and that you should be thankful for where you're at now I feel like that really bolsters like a a false sense of like where you're at and thankfully Mm -hmm. they corrected it pretty quickly because that was like a very upsetting like why would you say that like that's really weird or to phrase it like we could send you back there at any point like that freaked me out too of hearing like phrases along the lines of like you know, if you're not going to like behave like, oh, we know where they live and we could just drop you off there. Like, that's just so not cool to say anything like that. So I feel very strongly about like just being open and communicative, but also being like not rude about the circumstance, even if you know what's going on, which they clearly knew what was going on and just weren't telling me. But that like balance of like, oh, you could have been in this like parallel universe where everything was terrible. And thankfully you're in this good universe where everything's great. So it's like, that definitely weighed pretty heavy on me for a while. But like I said, it, the differences were corrected very early on. And it was like, I got to know them as people and I got to know my parents more and get to like hear what their side of the story was. And obviously it was just them being freaked out. So I get it. Like there's reasons for everything, but I feel like using any sort of like negative language to refer to a previous household or experience that you could have been put in is just like such a no-no and you should never step over that line (laughs) yeah I think it's such a fine line um to have and I think it's also 
a very important thing to not I'm I don't have the best words for this but like yeah just what you're saying with that that definitely hit home of this framing it of like aren't you grateful or whatever it's it's very damaging in its own way especially if you're processing whatever you're processing to, there's this piece too of like should I be feeling more grateful than I am but I also have some difficult feelings about this or just even being like, but I love them too, because they're my biological parents. And you're saying that this is, they're not good or whatever it is. There's some, there's a lot of heaviness there. For sure. And I think the other part I was going to say is um, just going back to the not wanting to step on anyone's toes. I think there's kind of this piece too, where it is your experience and there are these painful parts. And I think it is okay to kind of say like, I love you and you did the best you could. And also there were these parts that sucked. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I mean, I can imagine it might be hard for your parents to hear that, but also it's your truth. Um, yeah. And they were the ones that ultimately said the thing in the first place yeah. that was like, <laughs> ingrained in my memory so I feel like that's right. the, the one thing it's like I love my parents so much and they've done yeah. so much for me and they've like just worked so hard and busted their booties just to get me where I am and yeah. I'm very very thankful like there's not a bone in my body that wouldn't want this life but at the same right. time it's like the words that they definitely use sometimes were very like not PC and it's <laughs> definitely like a turn of the time I think too yeah they were just harsh because that's just like telling it how it is and it was just like if they like read it back or saw it again they'd be like why did I say that like they probably would look back and be like that was crazy talk so for me right. it's all about like just forgiving that behavior because of the fact that they like they turned it around yeah. so quick and they were always so positive so it wasn't ever like I didn't trust that it was just like the occasional snark remark is never a good thing you know in no. that circumstance especially if you're like a kid or a teenager you're just yeah. gonna hear that and be like oh were my birth parents degenerates like it's just yeah like you internalize just... it a little bit <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah and I think yeah and also with that it sounds like you even though it was a very hard experience you also had a very positive experience with watching them kind of catch themselves in that and be like ah, actually this is not good mm -hmm. which I can imagine helps <laughs> with oh, the yes. internalizing of it <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, um, thank you again 